Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Statement of Pride and Adrian going on an East Coast fall tour. If you're on Long Island or in Rahway, Philly, or Upton, please roll out to those shows and support both bands. They're both doing amazing stuff right now. This weekend, September 10th, One Scene Unity Comp Volume 3 drops. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, you probably have been missing all the band's advertisements for each of their individual tracks. So please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, please support my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> you can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing, or you can get in contact with them through email contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Jessa, part of Damage Control out of Western Canada. Hold your ground fest happening this weekend. This is all about Canadian hardcore. So if you're not familiar, I hope you are just as excited about this episode as I am. So please do yourself a favor. Go follow Hold Your Ground Fest on Instagram. Go follow Damage Control on Instagram as well. You can thank me later. But please strap in. Enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Jessa to the show. podcast jessa how's it going hey well thank you how are you i'm doing good this is awesome uh more friends from canada on the podcast uh, thank you for being here today of course thanks for having me on i'm excited yeah it, it's cool uh you have know, been following you uh for a minute now so it, it's cool to see uh you have this uh, great weekend with the uh, scope five-year fest uh i kind of want to uh you know start there and then we'll kind of jump back to your um history with hardcore but uh overall uh how was this past weekend dude so good like beyond my wildest imagination um Super grateful to all like the friends that helped out and the extra hands that we had, because without that, I think uh, it wouldn't have gone so smoothly. But uh, to see like just as a baseline to see Strife play in a community hall at like never mind ever was pretty incredible. Um, and I think we just had a really good man. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, um, a really good mix of of bands that had never played we actually were talking about today have never played canada a lot of the lineup were bands that were in canada for the first time so um it was really a joy to be able to bring them up and and everybody had a really good time it's been a really long two weeks for us here in alberta with like wild rose happening the weekend before so i think everyone's looking forward to a weekend off but it was it was beyond anything i could have imagined it to be 
yeah, uh, th that's awesome. That it sounds like it was a really good time because to mm -hmm. uh, have that amount of uh, bands from the states go up for the scoped five year and to have them show that kind of support for scoped, I, I think it's really awesome because, uh, like you mentioned, Strife. Uh, yeah. that's a, that's a band from out here in California and they don't even do too much uh, these days. So for them to have uh, made the mm -hmm. journey out to um, Canada to play the scope five year, I, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. We're super happy that they were able to make it work. And I got so many messages when we first announced it. Like I never thought I'd ever be able to see strife play a show ever. So and thanking us and stuff. So I want to say thank you to those guys. If any of them are listening, um, Cause it was, it was really awesome having them up and really great dudes. And it was really awesome uh, to see everybody see a band that I think a lot of kids just thought it was, you know, they do so little and they play so few shows that I think a lot of people in Canada, especially have just kind of, it was one of those bands that people had written off. Like I'm, I'm never going to actually be able to see them live. So that was awesome. Yeah, for sure. To to bring that for kids who um, had that in mind that they probably would have never seen a band like that. I, I think it's cool to be able to uh, give that back to the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was super awesome. Um, I can't. Why do I keep using the word awesome? I don't know what's up with me today, but uh, it yeah, I it quite literally has made me speechless. I don't know. If, like I've been on just blabbering on the internet for the last couple of days because I just simply cannot find the words um, to express how surreal it all felt. Like, I think that there's still a bit of a feeling of it. Like, I can't believe that happened. Um, and I am doing it again really soon. So I don't expect that to change anytime soon, but I just, I'm happy it went off without a hitch. We, the biggest anxiety with bringing bands up to Canada is whether people are going to get through the border or not. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times when people see a lineup like what we had for the scope five year with, you know, more than half of our bill are American bands. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have a moment of like, okay, let's see if this actually happens. Let's see if they all actually make it. Um, and so I'm happy, happy to say that we had absolutely no border issues the whole weekend, which is borderline unheard of for an event with this many American bands all at once. So I couldn't have asked for a better, a better end game. All right. Well, that's definitely, uh, you know, a, a good thing to hear, right? Yeah. Cause uh, there are uh, so many bands coming from different areas and for, yeah, for them all to have zero issues. I, I think that is a definitely a, a, a good thing because that's mm -hmm. something that's going to be really hard to replicate in the future. Totally. Well, and it's, I think post COVID, the border is a lot easier to get through for bands as well. Um, in comparison, it was, it was a toss up. So it was something that um, people weren't as confident coming across the border and we've had a pretty good track record this year. So I just hope it keeps up and, and that events like what we did this last weekend and what Wild Rose did the weekend before can continue to happen and bands continue to have a really easy time getting through the border because it's been it's been really awesome, like such a joy to see uh, a lot of the bands. I travel a lot for hardcore in particular. Um, I'm constantly traveling down for fests and stuff. So to be able to give kids who maybe don't travel like that uh, an opportunity to see so many Americans, it's it was really cool for me. And I think it's awesome that there's uh, two awesome weekends uh, with uh, Wild Rose then leading into mm -hmm. the scoped five year uh, and I, I think that would be super sick to have something consistent like that going on in the future for you guys. Cause I constantly mm -hmm. bang that drum that, uh, you know, 
Canadian hardcore has been awesome. People just need to start paying attention a little more. So uh, for you to be able to experience those weekends back to back, does that inspire you to keep this going to try to um, you know bring more bands um, more frequently to Canada? Oh, 100%. Like all of the bands expressing what a good time they've had in Canada and how receptive everybody has been to them. There's been a string of shows with um, two tours of Karma, Drove, pretty much all the way up here. And then they're, they just finished touring back down to the Midwest. Um, and then Gates to Hell and Constraint did the opposite way. So they went east to, to west. And um, the shows in the smaller cities in places like Regina, uh, if you're familiar with Stepping Stone, that's mm. where they're from. Uh, they hadn't had a show since um, before the pandemic, I believe, of a, a, a hardcore, a straight up hardcore show until the Gates to Hell show the other day. And and it looked like it completely popped off, which is like, I could have never guessed. It was, we had no idea how to predict how that was going to go and kind of took the risk. And and Regina's back, Kelowna is showing up and and having tons of bands play there and tons of tours, having like really great shows going through there. So to have those two cities just makes touring so much more accessible. And uh, it's really just incredible to see, to see two cities kind of come back like that because in Canada we hardcore took a much longer time to to kind of get going after all of the the closures and everything we lost so many venues just because all the laws were so much more than I found I was going down to the states quite a bit in the the second year of the pandemic and um, noticed that every state was kind of like operate at your own risk type of deal and mm-hmm. some states self-regulated really well and others didn't and and reopened and and whatever but up here the government pretty much made the decisions of of shutdowns and everything being opened and restrictions and everything at like full two years in so we actually couldn't have a full capacity venue until last september or august uh which put obviously a big dent in being able to do shows it's not realistic to bring up american bands when you've only got 50 percent capacity in all of your venues across the country so uh, to see hardcore come back the way that it has, has been like a really nice surprise, a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'm tripping out to hear that they hadn't had a show since before the pandemic up until recently. Yeah. Cause they had mm-hmm. gates to hell and constraint. They're literally on tour right now. And that's a long time, but it, yeah, long ass time. Like, um, what is that? Two full years and a bit. Yeah. And, and you got to so, think how fast, hardcore moves in two years bands a bunch of bands have come and gone so the fact that they've just been on pause since then that, that's a definitely a trip to hear because i what, what i'm trying to think of that first show back with uh section eight under that bridge that was yeah that's definitely in 2020 that was over a year ago already right yeah that was that begin like beginning of summer last year yeah or something like that yeah it i was traveling a lot because i didn't have shows up here and I was like you know what I have a job where I I can be away and I because I work remote so mm-hmm. to be able to to be down there and be going to shows and then come home and there's nothing and like people haven't seen each other it's been years since since some people had seen each other I did my first show in Calgary uh it was last August was the first show I got in so we were out for a whole since the February before so for a full year and a half mm-hmm. up here but smaller cities like Regina like are just like I said, like just reopening and just coming back and able to sustain having anything come through. So 
it's it's super um surprising in a good way like i said like a pleasant surprise to see so many new faces and so many young kids coming out to shows like winnipeg too um is where i'm from originally and they had karma play uh what day is it today tuesday just yesterday monday night show and there was a ton of people there um more than more than usual uh which is just so badass to see and to see kids showing up and kids that maybe have never been to a show before mm-hmm. and just have friends or they've only ever been to a big show like um comeback kid did that tour with cancer bats um and misery signals not too long ago in the spring here and they always they're from comeback kids from winnipeg so mm-hmm. they're always playing winnipeg and and um that would have been like for some people the only show that any of those cities got were bigger ones like comeback kid or cancer bat so um yeah, just so badass. And it's it's all just happening this past weekend. And we've got a lot of stuff planned for the fall. So I'm excited to see if if a bunch of new faces really start coming out. And I think that I think people are going to start hearing about Western Canada a lot more. That's awesome. Next, like a couple of months. Yeah. I, or I hope so, at least. Yeah. Well, I still want to go to Winnipeg. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love this about you because what it... What makes you, can you tell the people what makes you want to go to Winnipeg, please? Because this is so rare. Okay. I'm uh, Growing up uh, and finding out about Comeback Kid, obviously that's one reason for wanting to go to Winnipeg. Just uh, going to a place where uh, an awesome band like Comeback Kid is from. But also I'm half Filipino and I know that there's um, a big mm-hmm. uh, you know, contingency of Filipinos out there. So I, I want to go see my people, experience the culture out there. Yeah. Yeah, you need to go. You need to go, man. I love that. When you, what was that? Were you on the phone? Like, was I on the phone with Spencer when you told me that? Or were, I don't remember where, or did you say it in a podcast? I, I don't think, remember. I, I said it in a in a podcast and I remember I saw you tweeting about it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, so I heard you say it and it just like, you don't hear that. Winnipeg is one of, like, I don't know what the American equivalent would be. What's a place where people are from where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm from such and such place. And people go, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man, there's a lot of places like that out here, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. Anyways, that's how it is. When I tell people I'm from Winnipeg originally, typically the answer I'm getting back is, oh, I'm sorry about that. Mm. Or like, ooh, that sucks. (laughs) So and I I do love it. I don't live there anymore just because it's pretty far away from everything. and, Mm -hmm. And I do really like the mountains. So I live out west um for other reasons but i do love winnipeg and like the art there is awesome it's a really nice small city that's why i love milwaukee so much if anybody has ever been to milwaukee winnipeg is just a canadian equivalent in my in my opinion okay but i may be biased but yeah it's a good place so i was stoked to hear you saying you wanted to go there that was crazy to me yeah i'll, I'll get out there one day we, we uh me and spencer can uh, film some stuff out there do yeah, a, do a tour yeah, of winnipeg go. Go field trip. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always something that I want to do because I, I I've never been to Canada. Um, I had plans to go to Canada in 2020 for Wild Rose, but obviously that fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. But just you know, since then I haven't really had any solid plans to get back there. But it's still something that I definitely want to do. Hell yeah, get up here! It's it's sick. I could go on forever about it, but especially if you come up when there's a lot of stuff going on, it's a there's one thing that in the last two weekends that I've heard so much about Canadians and it's just how like hospitable we are. Mm-hmm. Like if you come here, you are literally just like a part of the family. Like, people will take care of you. They'll give you a place to stay, you know, like tell you about everything, drive you around. Like that's just how we are. 
Um, I think it's like in our nature in that way. So I love it when people visit and we've had a long couple of years of no visitors. So get up here. <laughs> yeah. Ho hopefully I can uh, make it across with no issues. Cause like I said, I've never uh, mm -hmm. been to Canada, but I don't see why I wouldn't be able to get in. Um, because I've been okay out here. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. To ask you that publicly, but <laughs> that's usually all good. if you're not a felon, you're okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, no, it seems to be pretty easy. I think I think they really just want more tourists. So it's uh, nobody's had problems so far. I'm gonna knock on wood because I really need that luck to keep up for the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, hopefully it stays pretty easy for y'all to cross the border. Okay, so we're uh, you know just uh couple days removed from the scope five year fast looking back mm -hmm. is there anything that you wish you could have done differently mm, that's a really good question and honestly like i don't think so i don't think there's anything i would have done differently everything was like went better than i had planned it mm -hmm. and i'm very fortunate for that but like i don't know maybe if I was a magician, I would have put a couple more weeks in between Wild Rose and Scope 5. But that's not necessarily something that any of us like did on purpose. So it's just like kind of the way that it worked out, which I think I think it was cool. I know of some people that did come to town for like a full week and they made like a whole big trip out of it because mm -hmm. we're pretty close to the mountain. So some people did do that, but there definitely was um, a like people were tired, like it's, you know, two massive festivals back to back like that in the same city um she's like massive but for us big um i think i think that if it was a little further apart like wild rose had happened at the the normal time this year um but other than that and that's like i said that's not even something anybody can change and it didn't even really negatively affect it that much i'm just exhausted that's all <laughs> so if i could have dropped an extra couple of weeks in between for my own sake uh i probably would have but other than that like i don't think so i probably if i could have i would have had a lot more um western canada bands on it and we tried um but i would have probably uh tried to have you know uh stepping stone and withdrawal and um just a couple more bands that haven't played here in a minute from canada uh would have been cool but that's kind of the only thing that i would have adjusted and there's always next time so yeah i feel like you live and you learn and it, it is pretty crazy when you kind of take a step back and look right um wild rose uh has uh knock loose arguably one of the biggest bands in hardcore and then when you look at mm -hmm. scope uh, you guys had uh, tsunami who's literally just this insane force that's you know taking over hardcore the amount of shows that um they're headlining and the amount of crazy stuff that they're doing it, it's insane so to, to have those two types of bands in canada within like a week of each other it, it's crazy yeah i think it was overwhelming for some people like to just have nothing but the odd you know local show we've had a couple of really dope bands um touring through like earlier this spring and stuff but nothing really consistent nothing that big certainly so um yeah kind of crazy to look back on and and just see like how I, somebody had posted on the internet um like the two posters side by side and they said imagine being a kid just getting into hardcore in alberta right now and like having this literally dropped in your lap like that's insane to even think about like imagine if these were your first shows like you went to a knock blue show and then were able to go see tsunami the week after 
and you're like 18 years old. Like that's, to me, that's like a mind blowing thing that did happen for some people. So just like super crazy to think about. Yeah, no, it, it, it's awesome. And I, I, I think it's just the dedication and hard work to everyone behind Wild Rose and everyone behind Scoped Exposure because mm-hmm. without people like you guys uh, wanting to do this kind of stuff, um, you know, those experiences wouldn't have been able to, to happen for the scene and even these young kids who are just popping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, s- s- straight up. Like, this is the biggest, because we did the two-year that had um, Dare and No Right on it back in 2019, quite a few years ago for Scoped. And um, this this weekend, this past weekend is the biggest show single-handedly like that I've ever done. Um, and it's a totally newfound respect. I knew it was a lot of work and I'm not, I'm not shocked, but I am exhausted. Like I think there's a handful of us that if you asked us, it's gonna take us weeks to recover, but um, I have a newfound respect for the guys who do wild rose and, and really like anybody, I know a couple of different people that do fest. And now I'm looking at operations like, like sound and fury and what Martine and them have built up and with that fest. And I'm like, can't even, somebody made a joke about one of my fests being as big as sound and fury one day. And I like want to throw up. Like I can't even, I can't, I just can't even imagine. Um, and like really have a newfound respect for everybody that I've known over the years who who put on fest and and put in that work because it's it's a lot and it it's worth it for sure, but it's definitely a lot of work. Like I feel like I work two full-time jobs because I do have a day job. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's a lot, but I'm like it's a pleasure to do it as well because like I said, like it is so rewarding being able to make create that experience for new kids coming up in the scene and to give them like what I wish I had when I was 18 to 21 till I got old enough to start going down to the States a little bit more. Uh, it's yeah, super, a huge blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for um, someone like you who is able to um, you take on like putting on a fest. Cause I just started recently booking shows out of fear that, um, Orange County was going to uh, kind of dry up because I, I, I saw one too many tours uh, with no Just Orange County dates. Yeah. yeah. And I was uh, getting kind of frustrated because they're, you know, th- these tours were coming through Southern California, but not hitting Orange County. And I, I have no problem going to LA. I have no problem going to San Diego. I, I, I do it. But for there to be such amazing bands and kids here um, where I live. I'm just like, there's, there's no way that I can stand for this. So I, I had to start reaching out and, uh, you know, making things happen. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's, it's been pretty smooth. I've had a couple of hiccups here and there, but thankfully um, with the um, podcast, it's been a, a real big help because I have so many connections through here that I just literally been telling everybody like, yo, when you're coming through, like, let's do an Orange County day. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and um, people have been re- receptive. So um, I, I have, um, I, I've done two shows. The third one's coming up in October. There's a fourth one in November that I can't announce yet, but um, it's probably the, um, uh, the biggest one that I've done yet. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to announce that soon, but it, oh, yeah. it, it does take work, especially uh, with having to coordinate with so many different people. It's just like uh, when I think about a, what you guys are doing, I'm just like, geez, like, OK, maybe one day I'll get there. But I'm just trying to focus on just keeping Orange County afloat for now. And then um, if that comes in the future, cool, we'll, we'll take care of it. But um, just knowing what it takes to put on a, just a normal show, it, it's a, you know, a, a lot of work. 
It's a different kind of stress, man. Honestly, I find that I've had a, a number of like, we had scowl up this weekend um, and Malachi books in, in the Bay area um, book shows. And then um, I was talking to somebody else as well this weekend that when you, when you book shows or fests and you meet somebody like somebody else that also books, like oftentimes people around us will like, just get caught in the middle of this conversation of like, talking about just the headaches and the stresses that come along with booking. Cause it's, it's just such a unique set of like challenges to get over and, and work to be done that you really like gravitate towards, towards people when you know that they also know that stress and they know that the work that it takes, cause you know that they really appreciate it when they say, thank you. It's like, it means, means a lot from everybody, but it means so much more when I know that that person, you know, has been like in the trenches before and like understands um it's definitely not for everybody but um it's really cool to to meet other people who book shows especially when you are booking in a scene that's um you are doing it out of a lack um and like how you are with orange county like oh i want to stop seeing like tours pass through here because how far how far is it for you to drive like if you drive to la or drive to san diego like an hour uh, or so? depending on which part of LA, um, it could be anywhere um, from 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, and San Diego is a different beast. Um, but San Diego will probably take like an hour and a half. Okay. So and then not too far. Southern California traffic could take five hours, honestly. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying with San Diego. <laughs> yeah, San Diego is a, a different beast. You get caught on that um, uh, 405 or uh, 5 freeway. It could get pretty nasty. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah it, it's we're we're not that far away from each other, so it, it does get pretty um, competitive out here. Because um, mm. trust me, to, to uh, convince bands to do a, an extra show, uh, it's just like I, I have to make it worth their while. So luckily, so far I've had a decent track history. Um, every band has, um, as far as I know, has um, had a great time. Has uh, you know, okay. I, I've been, uh, you know, grateful and, uh, would like to do it again. So I, I'm just hoping to just, uh, to have that experience going forward for every band that, that I end up booking. Yeah. It just takes word of mouth too. Like, I think that's something that we talk about a lot in Canada. Um, because like, we know that if we give a band a really good time and kids come out and they buy merch and they mosh and people are filling rooms. And then as promoters, like, we pay people well and we feed them and we make their time there more enjoyable and easier that these people go back to a scene and go, man, like you have to tour Western Canada. Like you have to stop by in Regina, Saskatchewan. If you're passing by there, or if you're up there in Minnesota, like you need to head up to, to Canada because it just takes that domino effect. You give a handful of bands a really incredible experience and, and show them like what we can do for lack of a better way to put it. And, uh, and they'll go back to their home scenes and tell the bands around them playing their local shows like, yo, if you're going on tour, make sure you don't miss. Vancouver is really good for that because a lot of people do tour up to the the uh, Pacific Northwest. And it's Seattle to Vancouver is not that far. It's, it's a couple hours, two hours, maybe two and a half hours on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to make the pop up to Vancouver is... Um, is really worth everybody's while, in my opinion, but... We talk a lot about how it just is that domino effect in the word of mouth that if we if we work really hard and we try to give bands a really good experience that it's just going to create a snow uh, a snowball yeah a snowball and just more people will start coming up here because there was back in the day like there was tons of bands that Milwaukee 
And like the Midwest used to tour up to Canada constantly a handful of years ago, like back in 2000, I want to say 2012, 2000 to 2014 ish, if not before that. Um, and then it just slowly, like more and more bands, like we're not making more and more bands. We're not getting through the border. So then people stop making the effort and it's really crazy how fast a scene can die, especially when you're separated by a border the way that we are from America and the challenges that we have. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you um, when I see these tour routes and I, I find them interesting when they'll not make it to the Pacific Northwest, just because I always uh, talk about how awesome their scene is up there and I, I feel like it, it's not a secret right there there's a long history of um, awesome bands coming out of the mm -hmm. pacific northwest and for bands to not make that a, a regular thing to go up there i if i was a band i'm like wow um, let's capture that market let's go up there where mm -hmm. people aren't really going that often where there is a dedicated scene and then even going like you said not that much further up north to uh, uh, you know Vancouver and capturing that audience as well because yeah I'm, there's that border that separates uh, the the scenes but it's it's a whole different world up there and for a, a band to make that journey like I, I know kids would be so stoked and you would uh, try to cherish those moments because it doesn't happen that often uh, these days so um, yeah hopefully uh, it, it becomes more of a regular thing and those bonds can be strengthened again because I always say like um, I have friends who live in uh, Buffalo. And I'm just like, why don't you guys like forge some crazy bond with uh, the scene just across the border? Because I, I feel like um, like every border city should have some sort of bond with uh, you know the, the neighboring scene in Canada. Just I, I feel like it just would make sense, and I feel like it would just be uh, you know a, a great tool for for both sides to uh, support each other. Let me tell you something. For bands in Canada to go down to the states costs so much money mm -hmm. and is so hard to do so i um i'm helping a couple of bands get visas right now it's a it's essentially it's not worth in some people some people think it's worth the risk it is easy to do if there is that bond because here's the thing um bands just can't be seen as a band when they cross the border mm -hmm. they can't have instruments they can't have merch with them they can't have even posters on their phones oftentimes if they're trying to like sneak across the border just going across as tourists and, and playing a gig they need to borrow every single piece of gear they need to um go in separate cars so that they're not a big group of five dudes being like yeah we're going to hang out with our friends you know like it's it's um it's really hard and if you get caught playing a show as a canadian in the u.s it's they will like just ban you from crossing the border mm -hmm. and so for our if you've noticed like it's very until a band reaches a certain point or has a certain level of success or support behind them, it's nearly impossible for them to afford visas. It's like almost $2,000 a band in some cases, depending on um, the province and how many people and things like that. But um, it's not easy in comparison to, to American bands coming up here. I write a, I write a letter to the border saying I'm, I'm a promoter and I'm sponsoring this band's crossing here's the dates if this falls under this exemption in the immigration act essentially and um they're able to come up here with seemingly not as many problems but mm -hmm. it's not that easy america doesn't make it that easy for bands to enter and work there so um it would be really lovely 
if we could, because there are places like Toronto, Buffalo and Vancouver, Seattle, that to see more Canadian bands playing in, in on the other side of the border would be so amazing. But I think both places are kind of starting to get more and more Buffalo bands um, and Seattle bands coming up and Tacoma bands, shout out Tacoma, um, going up and playing these like border cities in Canada because it is so much harder for us to go down there um, that it's, it's badass to see some bands making the effort to actually do the movement because it's just very expensive and a lot of paperwork and, and really hard for a lot of bands. It's not very accessible, unfortunately. Yeah. There used to be a thing out here where uh, bands would um, get to Tijuana, right? We would um, go south and uh, cross over to Mexico mm -hmm. and uh, hit some shows down there. But I'm not sure what's going on down there because it's been a long time since I've uh, been to Mexico, and especially mm -hmm. going to Mexico for a show. Um, and when I did, I, I was way younger. I, I just remember my friends were like, all right, we're playing this bar. Seems kind of sketch. Uh, don't mosh too hard. Don't don't look anybody <laughs> in the eye. Wanna. Yeah, I, I, let's just do our thing and uh, hopefully make it out okay. Um, and mm. never had any issues, but it was always like crazy. Like holy shit! Like we're in another country. Hardcore is here, and it, it was yeah. just so cool. It's yeah. It's I don't have that feeling with America so much anymore because I've spent so much time there. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm heading down to um, that Columbia festival that's happening that with pain of truth and oh, wow. I think tsunamis on it mm -hmm. um the guys from raw brigade are putting that on and i think i'm gonna feel that way a lot probably similar to how you felt in mexico like holy fuck like i'm in south america and like this is hardcore like it's just like here like you don't i don't know you don't think about it and i'm i'm interested and excited to to see how that's gonna go because i think it's just gonna be a really surreal experience yeah to be in such a different country with such a different culture as well. Now I'm curious, when did you start coming to the States? Um, good question. Probably 2000 and I don't know. I'm not going to age myself. I was about, <clears throat> I want to say I was like 19 okay. when I started going, um, 18, maybe. I don't quite remember. It was, a handful of years ago. I'm not close to 18 anymore. I'm much older than that. Um, but back in the Rainfest days, that was kind of what started it. it was Rainfest. Everyone would road trip down, mm -hmm. um, down to Seattle, and uh, it was a Memorial Day weekend in May there. Um, and so that's kind of what started it. And then from there, especially a fest like Rainfest, where there was so many people, I'm I'm seeing a lot of people lately, like post pandemic. Uh, that I've I've known since the Rainfest days, and it's just been crazy to think about how long it's been, like how long we've all known each other, and and looking back on it, it feels like a lifetime ago now. Especially with Jag happening, it's kind of like a throwback to to the Rainfest days. It's the closest thing that they've had there in Seattle. So it's uh yeah, that started it, and then it just snowballed from there. And then I I used to go to Long Island a lot. Um, Back to School Jam was an annual thing uh, that I did for a few years there when I was younger. And it just turned into like what I do for fun and what I save my money up for uh, since I was in my early 20s is just to go down to fests almost constantly. That's just kind of my life. And a lot of people that know me probably know that. Um, I'm always just like counting down to the next one. <laughs> it's a little excessive, but it's been uh, it's been fun. I love it. 
that, that's cool. I didn't know that your first time in Saints was because of hardcore, but for you to still be down, uh, you know, uh, still to do it for, uh, after so long, I think that's super cool. Yeah, I mean, we used to go down to the States like as kids because the city I'm from, like Winnipeg's pretty close to the border. Mm-hmm. We used to do like back to school shopping in Grand Forks, North Dakota and stuff back when like the dollar was different and uh, better in our favor. But um, and like I have some family in Minnesota as well. So I've been going down to Minnesota my whole life and, and spending time in the Midwest. But I, when I started traveling by myself really was for hardcore and mm-hmm. has continued to remain for hardcore, even if I try to go on a trip that's like completely not hardcore related, which doesn't happen that often, I am still looking for a show. Like, oh, I wonder what this scene's got going on when I'm in town for a couple of days with like my family or my f- normie friends that were here in Vegas for a birthday or something, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it seems to, it's, it's just a habit <laughs> I can't break. And I have no desire to either, but, but yeah, it's definitely uh a big part of my life is traveling traveling for hardcore so i have to wait three months in between shows sometimes yeah no it's awesome i I feel like it's a definitely a a good perspective and it definitely gives you a chance to see a lot of bands that you probably uh, wouldn't have gotten to see if you just stayed at home and uh, stayed in your local scene because um i just started traveling for hardcore shows like i've done like a, a couple random trips back in the day but my uh bonds uh you know weren't really there with uh, other scenes i didn't really have a solid group of friends that i could rely on when i would travel to places but um thankfully to the uh you know to the great success of the podcast i've been able to meet a lot of cool people and some real people so now i'm able to travel to places comfortably and have like a solid base um, where i go so it makes um, traveling for me a, a lot uh, more desirable so uh I, i've been doing it uh, more frequently um you know this past year and i'm upcoming i'm hopefully I'm, I'm trying to hit somewhere that i haven't been before i have a couple places in mind but um like yeah just going to a, a different scene and especially a fest like it, it definitely gives you uh, a great opportunity to see a lot of bands that um, probably wouldn't even make it out of their own scene and just be like a regional thing, which isn't a bad thing, but it, it's just a cool experience to be able to catch these, um, you know, regional specific acts or even newer bands before they, um, you know, catch that wave and become like the next big thing. Mm-hmm, totally. It's, I was thinking not too long ago about how it's so normal for us as, as people involved in hardcore to, to have friends from all over the continent or the world in some cases mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I'm always talking about it, especially like with, you know, friends, usually it's friends from work. Cause I don't know where else I would meet people. It's the only place I meet people that aren't in hardcore is what at my jobs, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, family events or whatever. And I, I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, I could probably travel the globe really and have a place like have a couch or have a, you know, a, a homie to show me around or, or whatever it is because of hardcore. And, it's something that's so normal to a lot of people in hardcore that I think we forget sometimes is not like quote unquote, like standard or normal for people just in general. Um, most people think it's, think it's like the coolest and craziest thing that we have friends all over, all over the continent that would just open their homes to us. No problems, no questions asked without even a single thought um because of hardcore and it it's it happens often and and i actually i had a a kid from vancouver that stayed at our place this past week 
um, in between the two fests. And he's like, man, I can't believe you guys just opened your house to me and, and let me stay here. That's so cool. And all I said to him was like, remember this though, and do this for somebody else when you're in a position to one day in the future. And, and just remember that, like, that it's, you can do that too for somebody and it takes so little effort. Uh, but I think that's just something that makes hardcore so special is that there is that common, um, common interest that kind of makes you fast friends with people and, and does give you like a, tr a weird, like trust in them that it's when you think about it in that way, it's just such a strange phenomenon, but to us, it's so normal, right? hundred percent. Yeah. The, the community aspect, um, it's just kind of uh, instilled in us to kind of look out for each other and, mm -hmm. uh, it's so normal for us, right? Cause it's been the, you know, main driving force and a lot of our lives for such a long time that we don't even really think about it as something so special. Um, because I have friends who listen to, um, you know, uh, like metal, they go to metal shows and stuff and th there's like, um, uh, like no community. Right. I, I go like, Oh, like, are you going to go and like link up with some friends? And they're like, no, we're just going with just a couple of our homies from here. But they like literally don't know anybody else at the show. And I'm just, it's so weird that you guys all share this love for these bands playing that night, but you guys literally don't interact on a deeper level and there is just mm -hmm. like yeah it's, it's crazy but it, it definitely is cool when i take a step back and think about uh how um even though sometimes we can be really divided but when it you know, gets down to the core like our love for this type of music and this uh you know uh subculture it, it, it's crazy just the, how we can all come together to support each other mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. it's yeah in kind of indescribable like i I could talk about it forever, literally. Um, you could never get me to shut up about it, but it, especially after having the two weekends that we've just had and like having people in town that I've known for, for a long time, or maybe haven't known for a long time, but it feels like I've known them forever. Um, and just realizing that it is, it is such a unique thing to have a music scene that is um, truly a community. And it's been really nice the last couple of weekends like really being able to feel that and and see see how that actually comes into play when we're all actually able to be in the same room as each other like we weren't for so long so for sure yeah i, I always tell everybody that the pandemic was a great reminder that hardcore isn't guaranteed right it, it kind of showed that mm -hmm. um without the effort of people putting on shows like things could have easily fallen apart there's bands who didn't survive the pandemic uh yeah and there's scenes who probably are, are mm -hmm. still struggling but without people putting in hard work whether it be doing a show starting a band doing a zine whatever um it, it all takes um, effort from all of us to to keep it going because we just sit around and let it sit there it, it's just going to fade away like this isn't something that is just going to keep going if we don't put in the effort to uh, you know, put in that hard work and keep like, every aspect of hardcore going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm a really strong believer too that we are just human beings. We are like a communal species. Like we do thrive in community, and like the term like it takes a village is so corny. Like in this perspective, as opposed to you know you're talking about like raising a kid or something. That's one thing. But um, as corny as it is, it's so true. And I think the pandemic made people realize like that we all kind of took community for granted because mm. it was just kind of ripped out from under us we didn't have that that place that we went and we saw people with familiar faces and that place where you know you say hello to a bunch of people but maybe over time you just get to know people on a deeper level but 
Um, I really believe that that we all do better when we're in a community and when we want to do better for our community and and make our community a little bit better. Um, it's just like, I think it's just something that a lot of people maybe didn't realize. I know that I certainly took it for granted um, until the pandemic. And you realize now, for us now, it feels like bigger things are just coming around. So there's people that I'm just seeing people for the first time in three years that I used to see on a weekly basis in some cases when, when we were all going to shows a lot. So um, I don't know. In hindsight, I, I think that I think that it was um, I think it's going to be a good thing down the road to kind of look back and see like, oh, all of these lessons that we learned from not being able to be together and to do cool shit together um, is going to it's clearly done something positive because I think everywhere hardcore has come back stronger than it was before. Yeah. And, and if you started. Yeah. If, if, if you look at some of the bands killing it right now, right. Uh, Painted Truth, right. A, a, a band that was born in the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and they're killing it. Like, uh, amazing band. And even uh, a band like Drain, who I uh, absolutely love, they uh, had signed to rev like right before the pandemic and then weren't able to do anything. And they just had time to uh, just sit and just, just kind of wait their turn. And they kind of just bust out of the pandemic signed to epitaph. And they're just finally, I'm uh, not finally, but just like this whole past year, they're getting to see the fruits of their labor. Cause they're just seriously like finally getting to do a lot of things that they would have um, been able to do years ago, but they were just halted because of the pandemic. So it, it's definitely uh, been an interesting, uh, you know, experience, but yeah, I, I feel like a lot of things are, uh, you know, coming out. Uh, I, I think, uh, with like a whole new layer of people like appreciating this whole thing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's been really cool to see and like see these scenes popping off like ev- like everywhere. I can't even really think of somewhere that's if I think if it's if there's not a thriving scene in a place, I really do believe that it's just because there's a lack of whether it be bands or venues or promoters um, or otherwise. Um, I don't think that it's because those things exist and they're just simply not good. I think that anywhere that is putting in the effort to have a hardcore scene is, is growing and coming back stronger than it's ever been. So it's, I don't know. I think it's badass. It's really cool to, to see everybody doing so well, <clears throat> especially bands like drain and, and pain of truth, especially drain being a band that was around before the pandemic too. And, and guys who've worked really, really hard um, for everything to, to see them, seen them a couple of times this year and and to see them play like the glass gulch shows in texas and then sound and fury it's been i wish i could have been at outbreak because outbreak just looked absolutely incredible but it's it's been really cool to see people um probably living their dreams i only know some of them personally but um, i can imagine a lot of those people never never expected to be in those positions and it's it's been really cool to watch 100 percent, yeah um i even like scenes that are uh, not as popular, but still super dedicated. Like I, I have um, uh, some friends that, that are on tour and uh, before their tour, they, they were looking for an Arizona show and they weren't having any luck. Um, and it was just right place, right time. Like we were just out to dinner and I was like, oh, you guys need an Arizona show. I was like, I was like, just trust me. You, you may have never heard of this place uh, called Yuma, Arizona. But if you want an Arizona show, I can get you booked down there. 
They're a super dedicated scene. Shout out to Jeff Yuma. Shout out Beg for Life, Dim View. Shout out Swamp Ass. Uh, I was like, just, just trust me. I was like, I was like, just uh, take this opportunity. And if it's bad, um, you guys can give me shit for it. Um, but it won't be. Just trust me. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they 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 took the chance, went down to Yuma, and uh, Yuma represented. So for anyone who has never heard of Yuma, yes. Arizona. Uh, hit up Jeff Yuma, uh, Dad Riff on Instagram if you need a show. Uh, he'll take care of you guys. They're they're just such a um, a low key but super awesome and super dedicated scene and some great bands down there. So for uh, for anyone who's uh, curious, I, I I urge everybody to go play Yuma. Uh, even me, I, I've uh, been in bands back in the day and I was able to play Yuma and uh, it's, it's always been a great experience. I'm gonna shout out another scene that I think is really overlooked or not known about yet. Um, but should be. And that's Springfield, Illinois. I am like same situation where it's, you know, I was trying to book some Chicago shows um, for this. Well, all the shows are announced. So for this denial of life tour, when is this going to come out? This episode? Um, uh, Probably what's today, Tuesday, Uh, Mm -hmm. probably a a couple days from now. Oh, word. Okay. Um, So I'm, I'm booking these shows uh, for denial of life and witness chamber and just Chicago just didn't work out. There's a lot of stuff going through there, just heading up um, to Toronto. And so like, it was just very challenging to, to get those shows. And I, uh, I hit up my good friend, Tom Hively from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If anybody's ever played Milwaukee, you've probably played one of Tom's shows. Um, But I hit him up and I said, yo, like I need help getting a Chicago show. I know you've got some of these shows coming through Milwaukee and it's really close, but like, if you can think of any other idea of where I can route these guys or like what I can do, um, if you know anybody in Indiana who's willing to put in, like put on a show, like, please let me know. And he's like, I have an idea, Springfield, Illinois. He connected me with um, this kid named Evan from the band Prevention from Springfield. Mm -hmm. Um, he, He hit me up. And within an hour, I'm not joking, he had a poster, full lineups, like venues done. Like it was something that like my jaw dropped and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man, you work quick. That's crazy. And just say completely saved our asses and like set those two shows up so quick. And every single show there has popped recently. I've, I've asked some people who've played them. I've got some friends who have played there recently and like everyone just has such good things to say. So I'm really excited for these shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. and. And I don't think that Springfield will let us down. Um, if this is coming out before September 7th and you're anywhere near Springfield, Illinois, especially if you're in like Chicago, um, definitely drive out there and see these shows. Or if you're planning a tour through there, like hit up Evan from Prevention and play Springfield, Illinois, because those they've got a couple of kids who are young, young kids who are really really fired up and doing a fantastic fucking job at at sustaining that scene so springfield illinois and yuma arizona <laughs> for sure and I, I, i'm happy to hear you mention uh, prevention awesome band um so badass yeah i i, I found out uh, about that band because of hate five six uh hate five six works no yeah I, I was watching uh they're like sunny filmed them in some like record store and i'm like oh this is uh like <laughs> reminds me of i'm here at a uh, program so i was like let, let me watch this band and i was like damn this band's super sick so I, i'm definitely a huge fan of uh, prevention uh, shout out drew um but but that's definitely awesome to hear i i, I love when uh, kids who are, are given an opportunity right because like imagine if 
you weren't having trouble to um you know book those shows and you didn't even uh, you know get that uh you know um, I would, that tip yeah. to to um, hit up evan uh, mm-hmm. but but it's crazy for, for them to be like oh cool like uh, you want to come through here cool like we'll take care of it so for, for them to be able to be on it and be responsible and get it done i, I think that's that that says a lot that th- those kids are hungry and they want stuff done and they want things to come through there and they have a place too so that, that, that's mm-hmm. super cool to hear yeah huge respect to the prevention crew they they're really holding down Springfield, Illinois hardcore, and I I hope that it continues to pay off for them. It sounds like they've got a lot of young kids coming out and and fresh faces and stuff, and they've I think they've got the right idea. That's personal opinion, but they they're doing they're doing it right in my opinion. Okay. So hit them up, <laughs> anyone listening. Okay. Before we get to hold your ground fest, um, mm-hmm. I, I I'm just curious about your relationship with spencer how did you guys meet because i don't really know the origin story if i'm being honest i just uh have always heard about just you know that we know each other yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> just we do shit together <laughs> yeah because uh, just being friends with uh, spencer over the years um you would come up um, every now and then um but then even like on um his uh one of his more recent trips to california and him and i being in the car and then listening in on your guys's phone call so yeah. I'm, like, okay. I'm like okay this is uh, uh someone who has uh, been around but i just never really knew so i'm uh, you know this is like our first time actually sitting down and having a real conversation so i'm just curious where um you two met and how this whole thing uh, kind of started with you guys uh, doing awesome things for canadian hardcore yeah, cool. Um, well, I'm first off, I'll clear. Like, I'm not a part of Scope Exposure, but mm-hmm. we do the we do the through our lens. So we didn't actually start that together. But I'm gonna go back to like the very beginning of when I met Spencer because, um, so I was we were quite we were in high school. Um, I was in this like I really loved pop punk when I was in when I was in high school. That mm-hmm. was kind of like between that and hip hop was like kind of like a bit of a hardcore origin story like just going to a million shows a week like any show that I could and 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 eventually would have ended up at a hardcore show but um so back in the day Spencer was in a metalcore band called Essentials <laughs> and um so my friends and I would go to those shows and and we just met through like friends of friends just from going like back in our old like pop punk like metalcore days he would be playing shows like one of my very good friends was putting on shows back then um and so so we met we met then and that was back in winnipeg because we're both from winnipeg manitoba and then we honestly didn't really become friends until we both ended up in alberta at the same time a couple years later and i think it just snowballed like we were just the two winnipeg people at shows in calgary for a long time um and then he started scoped and and scoped kind of started to blow up and i moved back to winnipeg for a little bit i was putting on shows there and then i think it was just a natural um kind of like pairing for us to start working together in some respect when i started putting on more shows in alberta eventually a couple years later um but it's been it's been cool to see spencer go from like filming shows on a gopro in like a dark ass bar and the quality was ass <laughs> it was like so bad but it's like some of that footage is some of the best footage that like some of the most important footage in like to have um of those really early days and those crazy like bar shows and stuff back in the day but it's been cool to see him kind of start there and start in winnipeg and just be along for along for the ride in some respects and and vice versa with me and booking shows and stuff so yeah i think it was just a matter of 
geography and the fact that we both we both did the migration it's pretty common for people to move um out west from where we're where we're from so um yeah but we know each other from high school and when we both really loved jesus and uh went to christian metal core shows a lot <laughs> that's so funny it's I, honestly i i always think this is the weirdest thing that um christian hardcore is just not what it used to be because I, I think back mm. to face down records and when i think of bands like no innocent victim uh in due time seven star i'm just like what happened like why are like because i mean back then i, I wasn't e even christian but i still love those types of bands because they were mm -hmm. so sick like I, it was always like okay cool like we got to go to the christian hardcore show today but i'm like all right it's worth it i know they're a little strange but um i <laughs> love those types of bands so yeah so there was a <laughs> There was a festival in Minnesota called, I think it was called Sunfest. I never went myself, but um, Sun is in like S O N, like the Son of God, okay. Sun Fest. And I, I want to say, I would be shocked if if Face Down Records wasn't like the main sponsor of that festival. Like mm -hmm. it was every Christian metalcore band that you could probably name off the top of your head from like 2005 um, used to play this one Christian metalcore festival in the in minneapolis minnesota <laughs> back in the day so shout out to anyone who ever went to sunfest yeah that's crazy because <laughs> and i i still trip out because like I'll, I'll be scrolling through like like the other day i was scrolling through twitter and i saw like one of my friends tweeting uh, bloody sunday lyrics i'm like oh like i'm sure there's a ton of kids who don't even know what the fuck this is but no but, absolutely not <laughs> but it's awesome but yeah that's good but one day um, i'm hoping uh, we can get uh, another uh, niv set um maybe a, a one more sleeping giant show i, I was a huge okay. fan of sleeping giant um okay. i know a lot of people didn't like that band but if you were around from when they first started uh i, I was like at their first show and then just seeing that crazy wave of sleeping giant just kind of taking over the scene down here it, it was uh, something cool to to experience mm -hmm. you know what that all that shit was cool for what it was at the time i don't know if i would wish any of it back <laughs> there's only a few bands there's only a few bands like i'm not gonna lie a couple years ago or actually it's, was it maybe 20 actually it's longer than uh now i'm trying to think of how long ago it was okay maybe it's 2016 2017 i can't remember um uh went to face on fest just because seven star was headlining because they, they were doing this thing where they would have their like legacy acts headline the whole fest would be trash uh so i would just go for uh, uh they did niv one year they did um I think they did Death Star one year, but when Seven Star played, I was just like, wow, this is, the, the, in my opinion, the music still holds up. Uh, uh, people might call me crazy, but w when, when I was there, I was like, this is so sick. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anything like that could exist these days. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't know sonically if I would like that stuff to come back. There's mm -hmm. definitely, I think it would be the nostalgia for me. It would, it without the nostalgia, like if it, let's say it was a new band, that sounded exactly like Sleeping Giant, I probably would think it was whack. Or just like, maybe not whack, but it certainly would not be my thing. It's not mm. what I would be putting on. I'd probably check it out and be like, yeah, this sounds like Sleeping Giant. I'm good. It's not, you know, 2009. <laughs> but um, but it would be, there are there are probably a few bands that could come back that would surprise me that I would be, I would be very stoked about. Simply for the nostalgia. Not because I think that they would be good in 2022. Mm -hmm you know yeah who knows maybe you know every type of hardcore has their you know uh, time and maybe christian nothing hardcore is right around the corner nothing stops surprising me <laughs>
or things don't say, yeah, things don't stop surprising me. So we'll see. Who knows? Will we be around when Christian Metalcore decides to make its revival? Who's to say? Hope not. But I think by then, maybe it'll be sick. (laughs) Maybe it'll be sick. There is this like Metalcore revival that's been happening, I think, Mm -hmm. at least up here. Like, I think some of some of my favorite bands from Canada right now are like more on the metalcore side um, or met- very much metallic hardcore at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to a morning star, shout out to serration, um, shout out set straight. But that took a long time to warm up to me like that. It took me a long time to warm up to, to that, the metallic hardcore revival that I think Christian metalcore might be a bit out of, out of reach that, that would be a stretch for me <laughs> well shout out serration i love that band shout i'm out. happy to see that they're doing new stuff working with days mm-hmm. yeah hell yeah that split that's with that band of morning star from vancouver um that split on days records they did a tape i believe it's promo tape um, but check out both of those bands if you if you're listening and haven't some of canada's finest in my opinion i would agree okay so moving on to hold your ground you're non-stop and you're still moving i saw you post on twitter or was it instagram i can't remember you're yeah i am moving out of my condo i'm gonna turn a light on okay because it's getting quite dark i just noticed the sun going down give me a moment no problem you got wild rose into scoped five-year into moving into hold your ground yeah so i am a crazy person i keep making jokes on um twitter that i'm insane because i (laughs) just don't stop i think i can do everything which i'm managing so maybe i can but Mm -hmm. yeah i'm actually um i've just been i feel like anybody that follows me is like has a hard time i have this like catchphrase that's so corny but like i can't i say catch me if you can all the time because i'm one of those people like no one ever knows where i am like Mm -hmm. where i'm actually at because i'm i'm always traveling and i'm always moving around so for that reason um i have been at my house here in calgary for like 14 to like maybe 20 days tops since april Um, i'm really not at home very often when i am home in the city i'm usually um, dog sitting like I am right now, or, uh, I'm, you know, out in the mountains or camping or doing whatever. So it's, uh, I'm moving out of my apartment and I'm putting my stuff in storage and I'm just, I have travel plans for the next like six weeks. So I'm just going to figure it out and, and stay with some people. I'm going to travel internationally, um, like across the ocean, uh, internationally, um in january so i think i'm just going to take a few months off of paying rent and stay with some friends and travel around a little bit and i'm really like i was saying earlier like i could probably travel the globe and always have a place to stay so it's something that i'm able to do and i'm very very grateful and privileged that i have a job that allows me to do that um but yeah i decided to move out in between these two fests which is just insane so hold your ground uh i'm moving out of my apartment and then i'm headed to toronto on saturday to get ready for that that's coming up next weekend um september 9th and 10th in toronto ontario it's wild but i i think it's awesome yeah why throw away money essentially if you're not gonna be there that that's not a lot of days home since april no no i feel like i haven't even i've been on one tour in that time um 
one. Yeah. Been on one tour in that time. And then I've just been doing like a ton of fests and stuff. Like I did Sound and Fury. I was on tour and then I stayed in Vancouver for a bit and I did Sound and Fury. I came back from Sound and Fury. I was in Vancouver for another little bit. I had a work trip in there. And then I came back and it's been Wild Rose and everything. And it's just like life is so hectic. I feel like I'm just paying overpriced storage on my stuff, keeping an apartment. So we will see. So I'm filling my filling my schedule with as much as I can because it makes the idea of not having an apartment or a home base per se, like a little bit easier. So I'll be going on the road with denial of life in September. Um, I'll be out with them for like seven days from, uh, Milwaukee all the way to Vancouver, which is going to be awesome. Um, and I'm just kind of filling my time. I'm probably going to be on another tour in November and then I'm heading down to Tulsa, for act like you know, I'm going to Salt Lake City for that uh, Wild West Fest, and uh, I'm just everywhere and nowhere all at once. So <laughs> yeah, seems no. like a no brainer at this point. It's cool that you have those travel plans, yeah, because it, it literally doesn't make sense to uh, have a place. Because I, I, I'm, I have a friend who uh, he's he does merch for like bigger bands. Uh, he he mm -hmm. just did um, My Chemical Romance, and I, I remember. Um, we were working this gig together and he was like, yeah, like I just moved, uh, either he just moved to Tennessee or he was leaving Tennessee. I can't remember off, off the top of my head, but he was like, yeah, he's like, I just moved into this new apartment and I didn't have a chance to unpack. I literally brought all my stuff to the apartment and I'm on the road for like the next four months. And I'm just like, see, Whoa. that's, that's why I'm like, I don't even know now that I'm experiencing it in a little bit more of like a real way in the last year, especially, mm -hmm. um, as things have just gotten like fucking crazy and unbelievable um i'm just like why do people who tour full-time like that like their full-time job is touring like how do you even say where you live when you're hardly ever you're there like what once every two months once every three months if you are it's for a few days and just mm. on to the next one so definitely um i think it's a lifestyle that people don't quite know if they enjoy or is sustainable for them until they try it. I think you can hypothesize if you can exist in the touring type of lifestyle, like go, 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 like constant travel. Um, you can guess if you can do it, but I think it really takes actually living that to decide if, if it's something that's right for you. And so I'm going to give it a shot. I might hate not having an apartment, but I won't, I won't know until I try it. So yeah. we'll see. I'll report back. Ask me again in a couple months. I might be like crying to, to move into a place and stop moving so much, but. Okay. I'll mark that in my calendar to check in with uh, Jessa to see how she's doing. But... Check in on my mental health in like January. <laughs> see, how, see if I'm doing all right. Okay. All right. So hold your ground. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a post earlier today, Discovered Magazine special issue at the fest which is sick i uh, love the cover but but i i do love that all the proceeds will be donated to the um, evan shaw foundation because just getting to know people in canadian hardcore and hearing about um, evan's story i i think it's awesome that years later um i'm seeing the you know the foundation still being supported by uh, the scene and people not letting uh you know that thing kind of fade away because you know uh People will start something and uh, just over time, uh, life happens. People tend to forget, uh, move on or whatever. But for the, the fact mm -hmm. that uh, you guys are still um, supporting that foundation and uh, just keeping his memory alive, I, I think that's super awesome. Yeah, I'm super um, 
super grateful to have the opportunity and to be privileged enough to be able to choose the Evan Shaw Foundation for the the charity. Um, when we started this project was discovered, it was um, not, not that long ago. It's been a miracle the way that we've pulled it together. But um, of course, they did discovered magazine did the Sound and Fury uh, special edition of the magazine. They donated all of the proceeds to Planned Parenthood LA. Um, I think just it's a a lot of people's go to. I think when you have to choose a you know a reputable. Um, charity Planned Parenthood is doing really good work everywhere and they're always in need of money and then just in um, in light of what's happened uh, in the U.S. and and what's happening in a lot of other places as well um, I think that Planned Parenthood made the most sense and and when we decided to do the Hold Your Ground edition I was asked like do you have any charities and and honestly, like there was a couple of things that went through my mind and Evan, the Evan Shaw Foundation was, was started and operates out of Alberta. And so it was a decision that we had to make because um, I was, I was worried or, or anxious that perhaps people would think that because the fest itself is happening in Ontario and we're not choosing a local Ontario charity that it would be a whole thing. And and then I, I think I just got in my head about it and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm going to choose, like, I want to choose a charity that actually means something and that, that I believe in that I know is reputable and to be able to donate the proceeds from this magazine to the Evan Shaw foundation, having, having known Evan, we weren't super close friends, but he put on shows here in Calgary and was always encouraging me and was the most like welcoming person. He's the one that was putting on shows when I moved here and, and certainly left his mark on Calgary hardcore and wild rose hardcore in particular, like, um, he is, his name is brought up quite often. His memory is certainly not lost because there's always something being done in his memory. Um, there's a tattoo shop in town that every year does a, does a flash event, um, to raise money. And then, um, his friends all put on a benefit show for the Evan Shaw foundation. The first one was this past October. Um, in uh in calgary and so so we certainly think about it but um, to be able to to put out this magazine and then actually put those proceeds towards something that um towards the legacy of somebody that did make such a big impact on canadian hardcore is like truly truly a really incredible experience and like i'm really really happy that we're able to do that and and it seems to have been well received so um, excited to see, you know, how much we sell and and how much we're able to to send their way after the fest. Yeah, no, I I, I respect that so much, and I think it's awesome that you guys um, all continue to uh, you know keep his name alive and uh, don't let people forget about Evan Shaw. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. a really great thing. Shout out Evan Shaw, Evan Shaw forever. Hundred percent. Okay, so mm -hmm. getting to the actual fest, uh, where did the idea to this whole thing come together? Because this is like a joint project, correct? Yeah, so um, I obviously don't live in Ontario. Mm -hmm. I've never lived in Ontario. It's on my scene. Um, but my homie Kyle, uh, who I'm doing the fest with, as well as uh, my friend Adam, who it's the three of us uh, that are doing it. So Adam has always wanted to start a hardcore fest. And he does a really awesome event every December called Toys for Tots. Um, he typically will get out, you know, one big band and then a couple of bands who are either local or are from not too far away. And they do a toy drive um, and a fundraiser event every December. And uh, I was out there, Endgame played this past December. And, and I was out there, but 
Adam's a dad and like uh, has been putting on shows for a minute and just doesn't quite have like the, he owns a business and stuff and doesn't have the life where he can like really dedicate a ton of time and energy. So him and Kyle, I guess, started chatting about, you know, like, I'm really thinking about doing this fast. And Adam mentioned like, oh yeah, like hit up Jessa. And, and Kyle and I had kind of been talking about his band Cohesion mm-hmm. and getting them out West. And I was trying to convince them to come and tour out West. And he texted me one day. He's like, yo, do you want to like, can you hop, do you want to hop on a call? I have a question. I have this idea that I think would be cool to get you in on. Like, if you're down, let's let's do it. And I said, okay, sure. So I hop on a FaceTime with him. I was sick with COVID sitting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was stuck in the U S they wouldn't let me come back home. I caught COVID at FYA. And so I was sitting at my friend's house in Milwaukee, um, my COVID ass. And I get a FaceTime from Kyle and it's like, yeah, I, I want to do this fest in Ontario. And I think it would be really cool. And I don't know what we'll call it, but like, do you want to just do a big one day fest with me and just see how it goes? I said, fuck yeah, let's go. And so we sat there and we, we made out like a, a like wish list, and we made a, um, you know, like, okay, if we could just ha- make our perfect festival in one day, like who would we put on it? What would it look like? And, um, and we just like went, Kyle and I have both been putting on local shows in our respective cities for quite a long time. Um, post COVID, I got into more like booking, like proper booking and booking tours um, and booking tours across Western Canada. So, um, and then Kyle's been booking shows for years in Brampton, Ontario. So, um, I think combined, like it was just kind of the recipe. It was perfect time, perfect place, right people and everything just like kind of, I hate, I hate saying that it happened by accident because I definitely don't mean literally by accident. Mm -hmm. I, it's been a lot of work. Um, and we've put a lot of, a lot of hours and a lot of energy into, building this fest but that being said it's also it is also just like it's just kind of snowballed into what it is we set out to do a one day you know we didn't we didn't know how we would work together so of course you don't just jump into a three-day festival with so many bands and so many pieces of the puzzle to put together with someone that you don't know at all but I, it just worked really perfectly and we work really well together. And, and as soon as we started kind of getting the word out, we started sending out offers and, and we found that perfect venue and, and all of these pieces just kind of started very easily coming together. And next thing you know, we had what everybody else knows to be, um, hold your ground fest, um, be year one, 2022 happening, um, in actually Mississauga, Ontario, which is just outside of the city of Toronto. So yeah, there's no, it's really hard to tell the story because I hate saying it just happened by accident, but really it just has blown up to something that we did not set out to do. We did not set out to do a three-day festival with this strong of a lineup with this many people interested and excited to play, but I guess here we are and it probably won't feel real until I see everybody in that room, but um, yeah. At what point was it where it's like, all right, let's do this one day fest. But when did you guys realize like, oh shit, this is going to be bigger than one day. When mind force and pain of truth were both confirmed. Okay. When mind force and pain of truth were both confirmed. And then we had, a lot of friends on the fest, like, like ingrown. And I, I looked at the list that we had 
And I was like, you know what, man, we haven't even gotten to locals yet. Like we gotta, we gotta do something differently. Like we, we just, people were so receptive to the idea and it, it helped that, you know, I was, I was at FYA and I was able to talk to some people. And then I was on that, um, I was at LDB and I was able to talk to some more people. And then I went to Texas immediately after that. And so it definitely did help, you know, being able to be around people and be at those fests and, and be talking to people that, um, but I think it was when it was when those two headliners were on paper and like, we got them that it really was like, Oh, we, we actually could do two days. Like, I think it might be realistic to do two days and, the more we thought about it, the more we're like, okay, well, we could have a little more fun if we did, if we did two days and we could charge this much for passes and, and you know how that stuff comes together and, and it, and then we just filled it from the top down and we have what we have, which is a really, really stacked. I'm like, I've been saying all year not to toot my own horn, but honestly, like this is a festival that I would love to go to. And I think that's the only way to do it. If you're putting on fests or something that's taking this much work and this much energy, and it is not your dream fest, what are you doing? First of all, figure it out. Um, but when I look at this poster, like it is actually my dream festival in every way. It's, it's all of my friends. It's all of my favorite bands who are popping right now. The only thing we're missing is like a legacy band, which is perfectly fine with me because I know that we'll get that at some point, whether it be next year or five years from now, I know that I'll, I'll get that moment later, but for now it's, it's worked out to be something pretty, pretty fucking big and cool. So. Curious about the pre-show um, mm-hmm. is a uh, set straight still playing. Cause I, I thought I saw somewhere on uh, the internet that they decided to hang it up, which I was like, wow, like that's definitely a bummer. Cause I just got into them because of the split that, that they put out. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, they are still playing. So good news. Okay. Um, so there'll be a video for that out for sure. And, and, uh, and yeah, so they, they are playing their last show is, is a show I'm putting on later in the month, actually. So it's not until the end of September. It's like post hold your ground. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing a show I've got, I'll be on tour that did not like, I was sorry, in the denial of life witness chamber tour. Mm-hmm. Um, set straight has decided to make that show their last, their last show. And it's sad because that split does rule, but I think that, I think that those guys are all going to go on to do some like pretty incredible things. And I, I hope people are able to, in some way, keep up with the projects that they put out and, and the stuff that they have working on. They, I saw um, they had described set straight um, in their post that, you know, announcing this is going to be our last show. Um, they had said like that set straight was the band that taught them what it means to be a part of hardcore. And I think that everybody needs that one band. And I'm super proud of them for hanging it up and being like, okay, you know what? I think that we're ready to move on and go off and do something different or something better or something that maybe is more our style. Um, and I know a few of them for sure are working on other projects and I have no doubt that they're going to be super badass and, and awesome. So definitely keep an eye out. And, uh, I definitely think it's going to be for the better, but set straight is rad, but they are playing, they're playing the pre-show with, um, a couple of local Eastern Canada bands and Queensway is our headliner for the pre-show. So that's going to be sweet. I'm glad that that's one of their, I'm glad that's one of set straight slash shows. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that I was able to give them that. 
Yeah, and make sure to show up for Twist of Cain. They're from. Unfortunately, no. Not. Oh, okay. No. Oh, just had a. I know. Oh wow, no Twist no, of Cain. They had to drop. No. Okay. So we have, um, we have just on just everything completely out of our control. Like mm-hmm. not unfortunate, but um, definitely. Perfect. Fine. We'll have them up eventually at some point. I need to come down and see them now, though, because I fully selfishly I will like go on record and say I selfishly book Twist of Cain because I want to see them live so bad. That band is so badass. Um, I'm sad I wasn't able to stay in California for a bit longer and and hopefully catch them. But um, we've actually replaced them with this super dope band called Deadbolt from Montreal. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, but I encourage everybody to check them out because Deadbolt is uh, a really badass band um, out of out of Montreal, Quebec, up here in Canada. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not familiar, but I will definitely check them out now because that name Should. is badass. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. So so yeah, we've added them. So it's going to be Deadbolt, um, <clears throat> Die Alone, and Temper Tantrum, both from the Toronto area, and then Set Straight and Queensway and uh, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to that Queensway show. I've heard that the last time that they played in Ontario, it was the one of the most violent shows that Ontario hardcore has ever seen. So we'll see mm-hmm. if we'll see if Ontario hardcore holds up and and we have that same experience. But I'm really excited. That's going to be a hard luck bar in downtown Toronto on Thursday, September 8th. Yeah, and that's the rare Queensway set. They, they don't do too much these days, but when they pop up, uh, people definitely show out and mm-hmm. um, you know make the most of those moments. And I, I love that band; yeah. they're, they're they're so good. So I, I think it's awesome that you guys were able to um, have them down there, um, especially for the pre-show to kind of set things off. Hell yeah, yeah! I'm very excited. It's gonna be fun. Okay, and as far as um, like people traveling internationally, uh, are you able to look at the analytics? Are you able to see? Is there like a big contingency of people coming mm-hmm. from the United States or from other countries? Yeah, so we have a, a handful of people from Florida, which is nuts to me. Like mm-hmm. that's just crazy. Like every time I think about things like just any of the analytics of this festival. Um, the fact that we're sold out of weekend passes. Mm, congrats. That's awesome. Like, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's just a recipe for a really good, a really good thing. And I think that we just got very li- lucky. Like it, it was a lot of work, but it is, it is luck, but um, yeah, crazy to me, Florida. Um, we have a handful of tickets sold from California, which is going to be awesome. A ton of people from Milwaukee are coming through, which makes me so happy. So it's like my second home. Um, but we have a couple of Milwaukee bands on there. So we have Infamy and we also have Enervate um, on the fest. So um, to have those two bands and to have a bunch of Milwaukee hardcore kind of following them up is going to be amazing. Um, I think that's really the main three. And then, of course, the Northeast, because they're so close. We've got a ton of tickets sold to kids in the Northeast, um, upstate New York. Uh, around there so um yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm really excited we actually had one ticket sold from australia as well which that's is a, kind of wild to that, me. that's awesome know. i'm gonna go ahead and blame that one on like the commonwealth that because we're all a part of the commonwealth people want to come through from uh from australia but yeah we'll see it's it's gonna be sweet i'm excited for people from florida and california it's, that being like two places that i i love to travel to for shows Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to have them up here and hopefully give them some Canadian hospitality. We'll see. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, jealous that um, all of you get to experience uh, Prowl. You have no idea how excited I am for that ad. They were somebody that we replaced as well. Um, another band with that Abrasion's not able to make it either. Um, so I don't know if you saw the announcement uh, that we made yesterday, um, but uh, lineup update, if you haven't seen this from last week, I guess once this comes out earlier this week. Um, so Dare, Abrasion and um, Twista Kane are not able to make it, but we have replaced them with Prowl and Prowl is a big one for me because uh, there was a, Prowl went on tour and they were playing a show with Stepping Stone. And it was the first show that I had ever booked when I was younger. Um, that was completely on my own mm -hmm. and like in a proper venue and not just like, Oh, like my dad helped me get the community hall or like it was not in my basement or something, you know? So um, they're kind of a, a bit of a, a full circle moment for me to have them playing and their new LP fucking rips. So uh, I'm very excited to have them on and, and just bringing, bringing the crossover and the thrash into Friday. Cause we've got denial of life playing um, that day as well. And they are crossover royalty in my opinion. So it's going to be cool to have those two bands playing almost back to back. Not quite, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's, Awesome. I, I lo love that band and I'm, I'm happy to see them doing stuff because there was a, a long time where I would speak highly of them and I still do, but it was just like uh, hoping that there was going to be more uh, coming from that camp. So uh, to, to be here today and to know that they have a new record out and uh, you know they're uh, doing tours, playing shows again, it's uh, definitely something really awesome to see. Mm -hmm. It was a question mark. I didn't know if they were going to come back either. I always thought about them like, uh, oh, I wonder if Prowl's going to do anything or or I would drop them a message here and there and be like, hey, <laughs> you guys going to be playing shows anytime soon? Um, so I'm super excited to to have them and to have to see them for the first time since everything um, be at Hold Your Ground and at such a large event is going to be, I think, really cool. It's going to be fun. 100 percent. And are you taking anything that you've learned at the uh, Scope Five Year into the Hold Your Ground Fest weekend? Oh my God, yes, a hundred percent. I have a whole note in my phone of things that I'm like, oh, let's let's make sure we address that with bands because seven people have asked me that same question. Or, um, you know, how many? I think the biggest thing that I learned was that it really does take a lot of people because there's a lot of things that we did this past weekend that something as simple as like loading gear in and out of the venue could have taken two hours for myself and Spencer and, and Nikki to do it. But we had a group of 10 people that were there and willing to help out that it took us 20, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's things like that. Like, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid. Um, like not being afraid to ask for help. I think that oftentimes, especially with local shows, because it is, it is fairly man manageable. It would be a lot easier if I asked for help a little more often, but um, with a fest, like you really have to rely on the people who are willing to help you out because we are only three people, myself and, and Kyle and Adam. Mm -hmm. um, and to have, to have the support around us, like I, don't know what I would have done without the people who just like stepped up with very little notice or no notice at all and just jumped in and said, Hey, can I help with something? Like, what can I do? Can I help you do anything? And it's even just something as simple as like, Hey, can you put these signs up? 
wherever they seem fitting and, and getting things like that done, like it makes a huge difference. And it really does take the whole community to make sure that these things happen. And so to, to have that really, um, really right in my face this weekend and, and to be like, okay, these are people that without them, you didn't plan to have them here to help you, but without them, I would have been fucked. And so going into next weekend, I'm certainly, um, planning to, uh, to have that help and, and to make use of the people who are around us and willing to support us and make this whole thing happen because it doesn't happen with just the three of us. It happens with, you know, 20, 30 people all pitching in. So, um, yeah, I think just relying on the, the greatest lesson is relying on the people who are willing to, to put in some work to make probably an easy, but a time consuming or energy consuming task take no time at all. Um, and then also just letting things happen as they happen. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to, um, probably not go as planned. There's probably going to be some chaos or a crisis of some kind to deal with. But I think as long as we have a positive attitude about it and, and just roll with the punches that it's going to be, it's going to be better. I keep calling last weekend, my dress rehearsal as a joke. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was my dress rehearsal. I'm going to do it again next week. But it was a, it was a really awesome opportunity to, to write that list of don't forget this every time mm-hmm. and like not forgetting permanent markers, something so simple that I don't think about half the time, but are necessary. Um, and so to have the opportunity to have learned all of those things, uh, was, was great. Cause I'm feeling a lot more confident going into next weekend. That's awesome. And I hope you're able to, you know, I'm in real time, right at the fest. I, I hope you're able to take a step back and just kind of soak it all in. Right. Cause it, uh, doing a, a first fest doesn't really happen that often right because um uh, helping out with scope um you know a couple years in i already hit that milestone with uh, five years but here you are in 2022 hold your ground something new something you know um awesome well the lineup's insane for you uh for all of you to have gotten those headliners um for uh, right now for modern hardcore those are some of the biggest and uh, best bands going on right now so uh, like i said i i hope uh, in real time during that weekend you're able to just kind of take a little time to yourself and just kind of th- just like enjoy it because it, it does take a lot of work and um, for you to be able to um you know be able to do that with uh, kyle and adam and to um, put on for just that region and to have so many kids come out from all over i i hope you're able to um enjoy that and um you know just not let it kind of um you know pass you by because you know things do happen really fast there's a whole lot of things going on in every which direction but i i hope you're able to take a step back that weekend and enjoy it for yourself i hope so i hope so i you know what i had a fantastic time last weekend and i mm-hmm. think that if i have half as much fun as i did next last weekend it'll be a success so i'm confident i will be able to and and yeah i hope that we're all able to just look back on it as a as a really like i had more fun probably last weekend putting on the scope five than i did like attending other festivals this year because it was something that i created based on my taste and my you know what i want um in a way that um, does cater to a lot of people but hopefully Hopefully. And at the very least, it's going to be really rewarding seeing everybody in Ontario come together and, and meeting so many people from out West. So I have no doubt that I'll be able to, to enjoy it to its, to its fullest, but certainly keep an eye out because I will probably not be able to shut up about it for quite a long time after next weekend. And with the scope five, you're wrapping up um, and when hold your ground, 
uh, fest wraps up, obviously people are going to be expecting or giving you those questions. What's next? When's the next fest? Are you going to take some time just to chill before you start planning for what's next? Or are you just a, a mad person and you're already thinking of what's next? I've already got another one in the works. <laughs> so okay. um, I don't want to say too much, but Pacific Northwest in the winter. Like 2022 winter. Yeah. Like I, let's say, let's say a Pacific Northwest first quarter, first quarter of 2023. That's, that's the, that's all I'm saying so far. But okay. There's, something going on and it's going to be hopefully really fucking cool i'm working with a lot of really cool people there but i i will have some time to chill like i am going to take some time before it's like crunch time but mm -hmm. um i'm not doing this two week thing you'll never catch me doing two weeks apart like two festivals two weeks apart ever again this is mad um but i am going to give it a few months but if you're in the seattle pacific northwest area um, definitely keep your eyes out for for some time in the first couple of months. All right. Well, Jessa, I admire your love and dedication for hardcore. Um, it's rare to find someone who is so dedicated and so um, willing to give back and to work so hard for the scene. Um, so I, I appreciate you, appreciate all your hard work. But before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to say? um not really shout out here and now promotions out of vancouver shout out stepping stone shout out flashback shout out milwaukee hardcore world i hate payasa reality check um listen to canadian hardcore if you are unfamiliar uh and if your band is on tour hit me up come visit let's let's get something going but thank you for all of your kind words and and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. I, I appreciate you being down. It's been awesome having you on. We'll definitely have you on in the future. Okay. I hope everything goes well uh, this upcoming weekend. Thank you, everybody, thank for you. tuning in. We appreciate all of you, and we'll be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>